0: Hoo. All right, guys, so we are here with episode 10. We've made it two and a half months, and we've made it to 10 episodes. One episode a week, four a month, so two and a half months is pretty good. Um, I wanted to let everybody know before I get into the podcast some of the changes that have been made. I am now on a new streaming host podcast streaming host called podbean it's no longer anchor um for those who don't know what a podcast host is it's not like apple spotify and these places they don't host podcasts um like it's not where you create the actual uh audio and all that it's it's they just they hold the finished product um and these hosts like anchor and podbean you can create it and edit and do all that stuff and then post it on all those different things, but they do it for you really. Um, once you have your RSS feed and all that, it's a bunch of technology mumbo jumbo. So I had to migrate that over. It took I, I spent half my weekend just trying to do all this stuff and getting onto more platforms like Pandora and Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio. So. Yeah. Um at Google Podcast. I so I'm moving it over. Um this this app is a lot more user friendly. There's a little more features. Like I literally like one of the dumbest features that you think everyone should have is if somebody's knocking on my door and I want to pause the podcast, I could just pause it and I don't have to like cut it into another audio form. Like it literally is just by itself. Where like on on um on Anchor that's kinda how it was, where it's like once you pause it you couldn't, you couldn't go back, you could either delete it, or keep it the way it is, but you couldn't really merge it, or any of that, um, so yeah, still getting the hooty hoo, still getting me, still getting the same kind of content, just, different form, and, and I will eventually, I made a YouTube channel, so a lot, all my videos, or all my audio forms are gonna go up on YouTube, so that could help, um, just trying to do some big things, guys, I'm really trying to put the time and the effort into this, um, so yeah, and I appreciate everybody, the new people who are listening, the people that have always started, you know, have always stayed with me and have listened and supported. Um, so anyway, so episode 10 is going to be about my friend Lori. And she is a very important person in my life. There's a huge part of, you know, I've kind of skipped around her with my depression and all these different things. And it just, she was in the middle of a lot of this. Um, after the schooling, but before, um, my depression got really bad. So she, she's in there and I never told her story and I've been waiting to do it, trying to get some of my stuff out of the way. So this is going to be kind of like a weird diversion of, yes, I got an email. This is a weird diversion because I'm not just, I mean, I'm in this story, but this is about someone else. This isn't an interview. This is about a person who's dead. Um, And I really got to reflect and realize how much I cared about her. And, you you know, sometimes when you go away from someone and you realize, like, oh, I love them. But you don't think you love them as much as they did because they've been gone for years and years and years. But then you tell their story or you bring up a moment that you had together and it just brings it all back. And you're like, oh, of course so that's really what this episode was about and um, yeah guys like I said thank you for all for supporting and uh, let's get to this this story
1: hey guys doing this episode a little early but I just I've had this on my mind and I've been wanting to do it Um, You know, as I said about the depression episode, it was something I was kind of pushing back, letting it, letting other episodes do what they have to do and letting me process what I'm going to say. And this next one, I keep saying they're, these are so personal and, and this one falls right in line with all the others. Um... Because this person meant everything to me. There's no way around it. Maybe she only played a couple years, you know, she was only there for a few years in my life. But she played such a big part. And <clears throat> I. I've never been so comfortable with one person. You guys are going to have to forgive me. This one. I'm going to try not to be overly emotional about. But when it comes to Lori Laser, I love her more than I love myself. And she's on a high pedestal of the people that mean the most to me. She's right there. And I'm going to just tell you my side of it. I want to talk to her family, and and they can tell what she meant to them. But this is just my part right now. Um, Lori and I met on a dating site. It's called Scout. It's actually still active. I mean, it's it's an alright site. Um, You know, we met, and she kind of wasn't... It wasn't even, like, for her... She was on the phone with her friend and they were just kind of like looking for random people just to kind of mess with or whatever. And her and her friend were kind of just getting random numbers and so on. So they got mine. And I remember I was just sitting on the floor and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Why not call me then? She's like, can I call you? And so I just gave her my number in the little chat bubble there. And she called. Um, Lo and behold though her friend was there I did not know (laughs) And you know we talked for hours And she told me She kind of was just messing with people But I can tell we really got along Her friend got off the phone And we talked for A few more hours Just through the night Laughing and just getting along And I could tell like like, I instantly bonded with her. And, yeah, there was an attraction, and, and you know, I was also young, and, and she's young. I didn't know a lot about her. We just kind of hit it off. Now, I should say from the beginning, I never met this person, ever. Like, in person. Um, we talked. Like, there's people that I have met. And I don't know anywhere near the things I know about this girl, and what she knows about me. And so we we carried on for a long time. She lived in Ohio. Um, it's where her family still lives, and I at that time was living in Philadelphia, far far away. Neither one of us could drive. And she would tell me a little bit of, you know, little bits of. What her life is about. And I... Started to pry a little more. Because I realized there was something there. That was holding her back. And she told me about... Fighting cancer. But she was really embarrassed about it. She thought it was something... You know, she was mocked a lot. In, in, in high school and stuff. She... Um, she would go to school with... A like a breathing apparatus. And she was super embarrassed about it and she got made fun of and judged and so on. And, you know, she might not have been the skinniest girl either, but neither of that was her fault and and she just she had so many hurdles to overcome as a lot of us do. And she really got really emotional trying to explain her fighting cancer and I said you tell me you beat cancer and you're embarrassed about that and it kind of hit her and we really I think she realized where I was coming from and I made her feel a little more secure with who she was Um, I'm by no means perfect but I know Lori needed me for the time left in her life, as I needed her. I was a person who didn't have any friends at that time. I didn't didn't have any bonding with with anyone. You know, I had my mom. That was it. Um, you know, I saw my grandma a couple times a year. But I couldn't open up to my mom like I could with Lori or anyone. Very closed person. You know, sharing what I'm sharing now. A lot of it, like I would say the, the start of all of this, even though therapy and everything that helped along the way, Lori was the first person I ever told anything. And... She judged or she did not judge me. She she just accepted me for who I was. You know, and in the very beginning I didn't know what she was going through and what she had gone through. So I just it was just like, oh, this person doesn't care about my eyes, doesn't care about how broken I am emotionally and all that. And I would just spend hours and hours on the phone just being silly. And You know, her parents would get on the phone, you know. Her dad's a tough guy. But even I kind of won him over. Just because it was just like, you know, they had such a tight niche group between her and her two brothers, her mom and her dad. Um, And the mom would get on the phone and and Angel and she would just kind of disrupt the phone call and just be silly with her and try to embarrass her. No, mom. And... I would just laugh and have a good time. And and it just went on like that for a good while. You know, I got to know our brothers. And, and even they were, like, you know, in the beginning kind of overprotective. And then they were like, oh, okay, he's just a nice guy who gives a shit about our sister. And, you know, there was a point where there was a lot of flirtation, you know, And, you know, get to know each other and just flirt and send pictures and, not you know, everything young 18, 20-year-olds do. Um, And, you know, there was a part where once the more I learned about her, and and I kind of hated myself for this, and I didn't know if I was doing the right thing. Or the wrong thing by pulling back a little bit. I, she, she really like fell in love with me, and I loved her. That that's not like there's nothing. I'm you know there's no way I can imagine saying I didn't. Like I knew how I felt about her, but I also knew with her not being able to drive and her health problems, I knew we would never be together or ever could be together. And her family was going through financial struggles, and you know my mom's going through school and all that, and and I, I didn't have no way to Ohio, and I also was dealing with my own demons. I didn't even want to travel. I didn't really want to leave my house, let alone get on a train or a bus or a plane to go to Ohio to see her. And and that killed me, and I and I knew she, I knew that killed. I knew it really damaged her because she wanted that more than anything and i told her i couldn't give her that because i don't i don't i didn't know how long she was going to be around but i didn't give a shit even about that i just knew enjoy what i have with her and make every moment count and when we you know like we 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 bonded over everything but we we also fought like we had we had like it was a relationship you know i remember one time we were on the phone with that same friend and that girl had a kind of a guy she was talking to and he he had some kind of like speech impediment or something and we got on the phone and i no one preferred me by like no one like pre introduced me to this person no one said hey you know this guy is this they just said well she's talking to him that's it they didn't say he had any problems so i thought he was just being funny and being silly so we're like Lori and i are kind of like teasing him and messing with him or whatever and i thought he was just doing some kind of impression and uh and then i realized somewhere in the middle five ten minutes in Oh he's not playing around This is like how he talks And I felt terrible And I just apologized to him But Lori kept going with it And I told the friend And that guy We have to go And I don't want God damn it I don't want to make this sound like Lori's a bad person Or I'm the good person to straighten her out I'm just pointing this stuff out To Show you what kind of relationship we actually had. So we got off the phone. And. I told her you can't do that. She said what? You can't tease someone. With some other type of problem. She said who cares? I was like I care. And if you care about me. And you care about how I feel. Know what you're doing is wrong. You're a person that's been teased your whole life you've had so many problems and you're still here. How do you think that guy feels? You make in front of his speech impediment. Well, you jumped in. Yeah, because. Um, because I didn't know, you know, and we talked it out for another half hour and then. You know, she apologized and she really felt where I was coming from and, and what she did she never did that stuff again because she was really deep down a good person she just got caught up as we all do you know i've teased other people when i was in school because it was just to get me out of the oh let's pick on this kid day oh okay that kid's a little weird Let's mess with him. That kid sucks his thumb. Or that kid does this. Let's let's kick him around a little bit. Let's say terrible things. But she realized what she did was wrong. Because overall she was just a good person. And yeah. And that could have been one of those. Make or break type of friendships. Right there. But. As I said. She's a good person. So she pushed through. And we kept going. And kept talking. And. There wasn't as much flirting. There wasn't as much, um, pursuing of a relationship. But we just kept laughing and we would just tell each other everything. You know, like I know how she, she liked her pancakes where it was half cooked. She liked to taste the batter in it. And I would tease her about it all the time. You know, we all called her Lori Lou. And, um,. You know, she liked dipping her Cheetos in ketchup. She just was a weird person, but so was I. And we just giggled and had a great time and made fun of each other. And for a while, that I mean, and eventually that one friend just kind of resented me because Lori kind of just stopped talking to her as much, and she kind of stopped talking to her, and and Lori and I just. We're all to ourselves And every day Hours upon hours You know Constantly having to put our phones on the charger Or our phones overheating Barely giving each other any time Away from each other But what But what really I think Brought us closer as I said, she was a very sick person, and she was always in the hospital, coming down with pneumonia, or just something wasn't working. I don't know how many, over 20, 30 times I would talk to her, even after she got out of the hospital. A couple of weeks later, a month later, whatever, a couple of months, she would be right back in there. We spent a lot of times with nurses in the room, with machines beeping, her falling asleep, her in a breathing machine. And there's a lot of times where I emotionally was really, really fucked up with my own stuff, but just knowing that I don't know how to fix her, how to help her. I shouldn't say fix, just help her. So the only thing I could do that I knew worked was just talk to her, make her laugh, and have a good time. And that's what went down over and over and over and over. And, you know, I don't know how many times we just laughed while the beeping is in the background, while nurses come in the dresser. Well, you know, they help her to go to the bathroom. All these terrible things. But we just kept moving. And then she would get home and it'd be like, oh, yay, like it didn't happen. And we would just have fun again. And there was a part somewhere between her death and one of her final hospital visits, she stopped talking to me for months, and it broke my heart. It really did. And I, I, you know, there's a few people at that point in time could even possibly get close to hurting me because I was so sheltered and like just or so blocked off, I should say. and she was one of those 3 to 5 people that could get to me cuz she meant everything to me and the fact that i would i would text her or call her and she wouldn't respond months and months would go by and i didn't hear a thing from her and i i, I was so pissed so hurt and so angry that i just I went into a depression spiral and I just sat there and cried and I felt so vulnerable and alone because she wasn't there. And I also thought like, how is she doing? Because I know she's not good alone. I know she had her family, but you know, she... I I mean, I just kept picturing her in the hospital by herself crying and trying to breathe and no one consoling her. Um so I, I was I was going downstairs one day and I heard my phone ring upstairs. You know, it was later in the day. And it's her I don't know Four or five months went by Without ever hearing from her And I saw the name And just Just rage took over Cause I was so hurt And just like I just figured we weren't ever talking again you know, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with relationships or friendships or any of that. So I just figured it was over regardless. I didn't know how any of this stuff Where I didn't know people would get back in touch after years. I just figured it was done. And she said, hi, TJ. And you could tell the hesitation in her voice. Kind of afraid to even make this phone call. And I said, what do you want? Seriously, what the fuck do you want? And she kind of started tearing up. And it hurt me to know that I hurt her, but I, the rage was so, or, or, or the hurt that I had inside me was so much stronger than the feeling I had for her on a caring level that I just didn't care. Um, This conversation went on about an hour. And honestly, all it was was me berating her. No, I didn't call her the worst of names or any of that. But everything she threw at me, I just threw right back and said, go fuck yourself. You know, I don't want anything to do with you anymore because you hurt me. You gave up on me. And I never gave up on you. And it's bullshit. You know. And in hindsight. This phone call is the worst phone call I've ever had. Well. Second to worst. And I'll get to that. Um, Actually maybe it is the worst phone call. Because the second to worst was actually good. The other one I'm referring to is also. It's actually. Messed up. Sad. But. The end result was good. Um, And the tone was good. But. Um, I just, I never gave her any chance to, I mean, she explained herself, but I just pushed everything away, and I knew it was killing her, because she really was making an effort. I really think she was reaching out to let me know she didn't have much time left. And I didn't care. I mean, I cared, but I didn't I didn't want to show that. All I wanted to show. Is how mad I was. And how much he hurt me. You know. And and when you're close to. Your deathbed. Anything. That makes you want to give up more. You know. You'll do it. It'll push you there. Any stress. Anything that can you know smoothen out the surface and you know quicken the process it'll do it. I'm not saying I had a hand in her dying no i'm not I don't subscribe to that i know i don't I don't wear that, but i do this 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 conversation I still regret to this day. Even though I had reasons to be hurt and to be mad. And I didn't have all the information going into this phone call. Knowing how sad or excuse me how sick she was. I did. I I should have done that to her the way I did. She earned enough respect of mine and, and love. That I should have never ever. Treated her that way. I remember getting off towards the end of the phone and she's just basically wanting to know if we'll ever talk again. And I told her, I don't really know if I want to anymore. I don't even know what's the point. We have four and a half months, what's another year or whatever. And she was tearing up as we got off the phone and I'm pretty sure she cried. Things I think about over the years. You know, I'm not trying to make this a sad episode, but hell, whatever. It's my pain, I guess. Um, You know, I love that girl. And obviously, it's still affecting me to this day. So, after that was over, I don't know, some weeks passed. And my mom. Actually, let me go back real quick. I got a um Lori's mom. I don't. I don't remember if she got a hold of me or she got somehow she got in contact with my mom. Either way, she talked to my mom on the phone. She had to because she gave her. She relayed the information to her. So I don't know how it happened, but. Um, my mom's talking to her and, and I, I you know, I, I figured out who it was by hearing the voice or whatever. And I'm sitting like at the middle of the steps while my mom's downstairs on the couch talking to her. And she's telling me that, um, Lori's in the upper ring table and she may die. And I just started tearing up, but I didn't want my mom to see it. So I went upstairs and just buried my head in the pillow and cried. And just I don't even I'm not even religious but I prayed and tried to say sorry but um I you know I, I before I say anything else, I, I'm i pretty sure that was before Lori got back in touch with me I don't I don't really know the time frame I don't know if it all matters but um But then I know she, she actually pulled through, got out of the hospital and I got all the related information from Facebook and her family and stuff. And then she still persisted on not talking to me. And I, um, so when she made that call, I got off the phone and, you know, I, I kind of. The rage and all that took over... And I really forgot about that other day of... Her possibly coming close to dying... And I and you know... I knew she was such a strong person... I knew she had really bad heart troubles... And you know... All the things she battled... But... I just... Always thought Lori would be around... And... When... I was downstairs one day going down to get some cereal or something. My mom says, hey, you need to get a hold of Lori. I said, what? What for? And she said... Um, her mom posted on Facebook that she's bleeding all over the place and she's not doing well at all. And... at that destroyed me. You know, you ever... You know, your, your parent or somebody you love tells you no or they take something from you or they, they, they hurt you in some way, whether it's valid or not. But they piss you off. And you're like, well, I'm never going to talk to this person again or it's going to be a while. They're going to have to apologize to me. And then you go downstairs and your mom's there smiling. Like, hey, you want breakfast? And you're like, sure. And they're like, oh, damn it. We were supposed to be mad at each other. Well. That's kind of what happened there. Everything. Any resentment. Any anger I had towards her. Just completely evaporated. And I was worried about my friend. My only friend. All that time went away. Whatever. Whatever. So, so be it. Um. So I was texting her, trying to get the courage up to just say, "Hey, can we talk?" And I, I did, and I texted her, and she said, "Yeah," but her messages were kind of scrambled, so I didn't know what kind of condition she was in. It's late at night; all the lights are off in my house. Doors shut in my bedroom. The pitch black. The light I can see is what's on my phone. I call her. Flip the phone over. Put my headphones in. And we talk for hours. Hardest. Hardest conversation I've ever made in my entire damn life. Having to talk to a person. And convince them that everything's going to be okay. But without saying everything's going to be okay. To so just say, hey Lori, you're gonna be fine. Knowing she doesn't believe that. Knowing I don't believe that. So I went into some headspace where I just blocked it all out. And we just laughed and talked about everything. Nothing to do, really, with the hospital. Nothing to do with her her health. And she... She laughed. And laughed and... and it's, It's as if we didn't have any time away from each other. And, um... Yeah, she she made me laugh and we talked about just nonsense shows we were watching during that time or games we played or you know whatever I don't remember that clearly I just remember the tone and and it just felt so good So a lot of my thoughts when it comes to this stuff is really in hindsight. Because I blacked out. I don't remember a lot of that. And I didn't initially go into that phone call with any... Like, preconceived... Written down... You know, hey, I'm sorry for what I did. Or, hey, how you feeling? Or any bullshit. It was nothing. There was nothing scripted. It was just I'm gonna call and see how my friend's doing. And, you know, I'm sh- and I'm sure that you know I know the tone was just like, hey, you know, hey, how you doing and so on and you know, little things and you know, and then just kind of catching up like how's your brother doing, you know, how's your other brother doing, how's your dad, like just little things. And eventually, just kind of was this flowing conversation where we were just happy for a few hours and then we said goodbye and I told her I loved her and I'm here she said the same thing and I, I went to bed feeling good not thinking that Lori would be gone, ever um then the um I was a uh, Super Bowl, night of the Super Bowl, uh, second one, Giants versus Patriots. I'm watching it. I get a text message from Lori. It's very like blurred. I don't know what she's trying to say. And so I tell her to say it again. It's still blurred, but I make it out like, "Can can I call you?" And I said, "Sure, just can I finish the game?" I don't know. It was like third quarter. I said, "Just let me finish this last quarter and." uh I'll call you. She said, okay. Um, I text her and I said, um, hey, can I call you now? It's after the game and all. She didn't answer. Called. Didn't answer. Um, next day, I get a phone call from her brother, her younger brother. He says, hey, I just want to let you know uh, Lori died. And as he's saying that, I'm, like, pulling the phone away from my face, crying. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Like, this shit sucks. And he can hear the family in the background crying. And I, um, quick hang up, say goodbye. And, um... She, uh, <clears throat> as I said, she meant everything to me. Never cried any for anyone's death before. Before Lori, I had lost a whole bunch of people as far as death-wise, but I called my mom, and my mom was out with her friends. Having fun and I just cried on the phone. Told her Lori's dead and, and whatever. And i just cried. She came home and, you know, made me some food and was just there. And, you know, it was really nice. So I don't want to... I don't want to stay in this sad bubble here. This episode was not meant to be sad. I mean, yeah, I'm telling her story and, yeah, I'm depressed about it. And I've always been depressed about it. I am tearing up and it sucks. But I made her a promise and a pact. I would never stop talking to her family. And that I don't know how in the damn world I'm going to. To live my life to the best ability as I can. Make some changes and help as many people as possible. But I'm going to do it with her. As if she's just my conscience and she's on my back. So everything I do, a part of it goes to her. I owe that to her. I promise to that. So anything I do positively, anything I, I strive for and I push forward, it's because of her. Not all of it, but it doesn't matter. There's a nice chunk of percentage that it's just. If I didn't make that promise, that probably was another reason why I'd be dead. As I said, I owe it to her. But. As I said She meant everything to me Beautiful person in and out I needed her in my life More than she'll ever know I know she needed me But she gave me Hope That people were good And that some people would accept me And love me for who I am. And yeah, I know a lot of that goes to how she was raised by her awesome mom and dad. But she also had that in her. And yeah, she only got to live 20 some years in this lifetime. And I only had maybe three years with her. It's okay. Just three damn good years. Um, I'm sharing this story simply because some of the parts of me now there wouldn't be if it wasn't for Lori Laser. And I lost a big part of me that day she died. But. Something else was born And I'm never gonna stop fighting For her, for her family, for me For every person I love and care about For every person who's just Getting kicked around And life sucks for her. That's why I do it She was the seed to all that She didn't get a chance to live the life she wanted to live. And, um, you know, she was kind of the backbone to her family. Kept everybody together. And I used to tell her, she used to be sad because they never really had a lot of money. And I said, you know, you have something more than what I have. You have something better than what I have. Not that I had money or anything. It was my mom's money. But I'm like... Yeah, I get things I want and so on. But you have a family bond. With a bunch of people who love you. And you guys can spend time and play video games. Or not video games. But board games and eat together and go out and enjoy each other. Yeah, you don't get to have this elaborate life. Not that I had one either, but... You know, in in, in her eyes, it was better than what she had. But she had that. A family bond. And um, she made me appreciate things that I had and didn't have. And she's a special person, and she deserved her story to be told. As I said, I'm never going to stop. I'm gonna let too many damn people down And she's one of them I don't don't know what Happens to you when you die I really don't But if there's some chance that Lori's watching You know Maybe he's creepy God knows what she's watching Probably not approving Not approving of any girl I go out with and most of them she would be right (coughs) but she if she's watching I hope she's proud I'm far from perfect and I make tons of mistakes and most days I'm more pessimistic than optimistic but so bad So guys this was a tough one for me saddest one I've had to do because I have to mourn I have to mourn my friend so many years later but it's good to know I never forgot I never stopped loving her and um I'd love to interview her family. Just so they can say some nice things about her. Lord, Lord, Lord. I love you to death, sweetie. I'm so happy I got to meet you. Be your friend. I know I couldn't give you everything you wanted. But no, that was just my way of protecting you. And I will, uh, I don't know if I ever see you again. But if you ever hear this, just know I love you. And I was proud to be your friend. And proud to just suck off some of your energy. You made me a better person. Thank you again. Goodbye, sweetie.